0: Totally, um, Doctor Sung. Have you been playing Dead by Daylight lately?
1: Oh, you betcha! I've been rocking that new killer.
0: Oh, the Chain Boy.
1: Chain Boy, yeah, Death Slinger. He's like a undead cowboy. All right, so a, a bad boy.
2: Tell tell me about this game. Yeah, I know a little bit, but not much.
0: Brian, I'm desperate for you to play this game with oh, us because uh, so I'm not a big online multiplayer game person. Oh, but me, it is just me like, As
2: we've discussed, me neither.
0: Well, I hate it. I hate talking to people. I hate strangers. It stresses me out too bad. Um, But Dead by Daylight is an asymmetrical, like multiplayer sort of horror game. Like, it's not a horror game, it's just horror themed, I guess. But one Mm -hmm. person plays as a killer, and you get to choose the killer. They all have different powers. And then the other four play is survivors who are trying to escape from the killer. Uh, and you have to fix a certain amount of like generators. It's all very like Texas Chainsaw Massacre inspired because you also, the killer is trying to hook you on a big hook, like a meat hook. And after like two hooks, you die. Um, so oh, wow. it's, it's uh, it, they have a lot of licensed characters. So they have. Mm-hmm. Um, Leatherface and uh, Ghostface, but not the actual Ghostface from the movie, because they can only get the rights for the mask. Um, and then they have a lot of original killers too, who are really Wait, hold, cool. hold on.
2: What is there to Ghostface other than the mask and the ro- or the the like cape or the the what's what am looking for robe? What's what do you call the black shroud? I don't know. Like uh, what? what shroud, the shroud, yeah. What are the sure, aspects yeah. of Ghostface? So there's voice, mask, and shroud. So they could only get mask, and they have him, what, in like a clown costume or something?
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, the I think Fun World or something owns the rights to Ghostface, and so oh. they yeah they they have the mask and then they have the outfit and it's fine it's just the backstory is like not official oh, scream content it's just like uh this is a guy who found a ma- the writing is just like <laughs> abysmal
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's a so song you you play this game as well
1: yeah um i i kind of main as a as a killer because you can like layton was saying you can play as a survivor or a killer and um I've been playing a lot of uh a lot of the the new guy Slinger. play a lot of nurse.
0: Oh you know, my god. <laughs>
1: the tele, the teleporty nurse. Oh, she's real spooky.
0: Are you good at nurse? I don't know. I mean, I guess you might be the only person I know who's really good
1: at nurse. Dude, I I haven't been playing a ton recently, but there was a time last year where I was like rank 2. I was what I guess the you could fuck? say I was like a good I
2: was a, a pretty good nurse. It is the highest rank, rank 1.
1: Yeah, but it's like it's not really like a, a super accurate. It doesn't mean like I'm like the top percent in the world or anything like that. It just means that you can you can be a scrub and still get to rank 1 if you play enough. That's, yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah. I totally am not in either of those categories. Big time survivor <laughs> main cuz I'm awful at killer. I've had like some good streaks at hag and huntress, but it's it's so much more stressful to be the killer than it is to be a survivor cuz it's like It is,
1: right? There's so much pressure. The-
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's like you, you but in the like, you know, that even if you fuck up and do awful and all four of them get out, like, you know, they get points and they probably had a lot of fun because it's satisfying to get out. But then they all teabag you at the exit. and oh, it makes yeah. Me really they... sad. And then they roast you in the chat afterwards. And it's like, come on, man. I'm just trying to so have much fun. Self.
2: I was just saying, I would think killer would be your jam. Like,
0: yes, I know conceptually it is yes. i do love to play a hot strong lady who throws act- uh, hatchets at people <laughs> but can i i mean you have to have such precision there and like i'm only good at hag because she's a pain in the ass to play against because she can mm. draw traps on the ground and if you step on the trap you get a jump scare and she can immediately teleport to where you are so it's like
2: oh, awesome. a little
0: cheaty yeah but th- yeah. there's some fun I- michael myers is also really fun to play and to play mm. against um because mm-hmm. like you can't there's we're just getting deep and dead by daylight whatever. There's a, a heartbeat like terror radius for the killer so if they're close within a certain range you get a really loud like heartbeat. But for somebody like Ghostface or Michael Myers, it's like the radius on it is really small so you kind of don't hear them until they're right there. Yeah. And it leads to some pretty fun uh jump scary kind of moments. It it's a really fantastic game, like super fun yeah. to play with friends on a call. You
2: two have played together? We have not. Oh. Yeah. Amazingly we have
1: we have not, but uh Wow. I mean, we should re- we should remedy that, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I've played with Meowch and, and the other boys, but uh, Meowch is such a screamer in that game, which is really delightful <laughs> to me. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's he's uh, big into those jump scares.
0: Oh, they're great. Um, yeah. But yeah, Brian, we'll, we'll drag you into it at some point because it's also on Switch, and I,
1: I kind of like the Switch version better. Mm-hmm. I've never tried it. That's, that's interesting.
0: It's fun because, I mean, the best part, for me, is that you can sit in a room with the other people and be playing it on the Switch instead of just being Mm. on a call. And then you can also sort of see their screen, so you're like, "All right, he's over there. I'm gonna be over here.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Actually, I I started just this past week my first, like, literally first ever uh, multiplayer game. and No way. It's Stardew Valley, and I've been playing with have Hogan and Lord Phobos and tour manager JP, and uh, it's so great. I'm gonna get into the, one of my peaches involves this game and Audrey. If you can't guess what that is, uh, <laughs> I think you well you can guess what that is. But uh, before that, so we all get on Zoom and farm for a couple hours at night. I've done it twice now, and it's fucking great. When you're playing with friends, it's the Isn't best. Isn't it
0: so nice? Yeah, it's a lot less grindy when you're playing it with friends. What kind of, do you know which sort of farm you created? Is it like a river farm or a forest farm?
2: I think it's just, just your standard normal farm. Like, uh, Hav Hogan had to walk me through it a little bit because I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I just showed up on this fucking farm and had no mm. idea what yeah, I was of doing. course, so. like,
0: your grandpa's dead. You are a farmer now. You have no choice. <laughs> I didn't even fruits get, into the bin.
2: <laughs> like, I didn't even get that much because... So when I started the, the single-player mode uh, with Audrey, then you get that, but I just joined Have Hogan's Farm, and it was, then you're just, like, in the world. And it's like, yeah, okay, th- now you have an axe. Have fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, if I'm not mistaken, the there's, I think there's only one multiplayer map, and it's, like, each... It's, like, up to four players, and each player can get, like, a corner of the map, and you, you have your own little... Oh, you, you
0: can abs- you can pick the other maps if you're is. playing with multiplayer. Okay. But yeah, there there is a special oh. multiplayer one that's like all oh. of them. Gotcha. Yeah, I started a fishing farm just because I've put like 250 hours in that game, if not <laughs> more. And I was like, oh, I've never done a, a river farm before. And God, it's bullshit when your primary source mm. of income is fish. I love the fishing mini game, but like mm. fish costs nothing. Fish economy in Stardew Valley is fucked up.
1: Yeah, dude, it's, yeah. Good for the first month, maybe, but then after that, it's just yeah. like.
0: Cranberries ah. are where it's at, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the little pop, pop, pop when they come off the vine. Oof. So
2: satisfying. Haven't fished yet. Haven't grown cranberries. I've literally only grown, let's see, I'm up to six parsnips. That's how much I've played this oh, game.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> the parsnips. Yeah. That's delightful.
2: So, it's really great.
0: Stardew Valley has like the best sound design. Like everything just gives you a little burst of serotonin. Mm-hmm. Um, hi, Absolutely. I'm Layton. I'm talking about <laughs> serotonin. I'm Layton from Layton Night. That's me, and you're gonna hear my dog running around in the background. And I am sorry. Her name is Maybe.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm Brian. Brian Wecht from Layton Night with Brian Wecht. And you may hear my daughter uh, like banging on my garage door as I record this because it's the end of the day and that is crazy hour. And I don't know when if that ever stops. Presumably when she's 18 and moves out, but. Uh, For right now, it's, you know, once 7 o'clock hits, it's close off, laws out the door, and it's just anarchy (laughs) reigns supreme. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we have a a very special guest this week. Uh, In a way, it's a continuation of our guest from last week, in a way, although they are distinct people, uh, all rumors aside. Guys, it's Dr. (laughs) Sung from Twerp.
1: Oh, hi, guys. Thanks for having me here. I'm really excited. It's, uh, I've never been on TV before, so this is a big deal for me.
0: <laughs> oh, wonderful. I mean, you look amazing.
1: Oh, yes. thank That's you so always. much. I'm not sure what to do with my hands, though. Is it okay if they go here? Maybe chop, like, over here. chop them
2: off. Chop, no uh, chop them off. Yeah,
0: Yeah. if you have any sort of sharp implement, convenient.
1: This man's a doctor.
2: Well, you're a doctor. We have two doctors. Well,
1: I, don't like to, I don't like to you know, toot my own horn very much. <laughs>
2: Uh, but yeah, I guess that is true. You're, you're right, but
0: I I don't like being the only one in this, uh, digital room who is not a doctor.
2: You know what? Since we have a majority of doctors, I using the powers of my doctorate confer upon you, Leighton Gray, an honorary doctorate. (laughs)
0: Wow. Dr. Gray. Yep. Somebody should, that's a good name. Somebody should like make a show about, um, somebody whose last name is Gray, who's a doctor.
2: (laughs) Leighton, did you get the Grey's Anatomy thing all the time growing up? Yes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I actually. My my family is like a lot of doctors. Um, I you know I, I'm weird, uh, gay art cousin, so you know <laughs> feel very normal about it. Doctor Sung, how are you today? What's been going on with you today?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for asking. You know, I um, I was just hanging out with. Uh, with my dog Rufus, who you might also hear in the background, mm-hmm. he's he's such a good boy. He's it's it's uh, it's a terrible thing to be in isolation, but it's made so much more bearable with uh, with a little friend like that. I'm sure you agree.
0: Oh my God, the the dogs love it.
1: Oh, it's a golden it's the golden age for being dog.
0: Yeah, it's excellent time to be a dog. Awful mm-hmm. time to be a human. A
2: mm-hmm. oh, great actually, it's a great time to be a little kid. Like, every little kid, everyone I know who has a little kid, let's say, I don't know, under eight or so, the kids are just in heaven because all they want is to be attached to their parents all the time. <laughs> and so, like, Audrey is having literally the time of her life right now. She <laughs> thinks this is awesome. She gets mom and dad, like, 24-7. It's it, it, She, like, misses her friends from kindergarten, but she's having a great time. And, you know, she's aware that stuff's going on, but... She thinks mm-hmm. it's the best,
0: and so for parents of young children whose children are home all day.
2: Oh my God! How's
0: that going?
2: <laughs> it's not easy, <laughs>
0: I'll tell you that.
2: Um, like it's Rachel and I are in a, a somewhat fortunate situation in the sense of she didn't have a full time job when all this shit went down. She was in a, a fun play, which unfortunately I had to close, but uh, she can really take point on most of the the uh, the schooling and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and my, like, honestly, my work is kind of exactly the same schedule as it was. We're just chugging away. Um, but, you know, I'm obviously making more time to have lunch with the family and then take time off work to do some bit of schooling with Audrey, but we, like, uh, you know, we don't have two full-time working parents and a little kid, and we only have one kid, so we're in like a pretty good situation compared to many parents I know who both are working full time and have multiple kids and then it's like if you have more than one little kid and two working parents you're kind of in hell right now Oof. Uh,
0: yeah I'm, I'm glad that we are all kind of in a relatively privileged position there um, and definitely oh, yeah. everybody who is dealing with the other end of that uh, we're thinking of you
2: yeah for sure it's, we've only got eight to 12 more months of social
0: distancing. Hooray.
2: That's the
1: bright side, you know?
0: Great time for <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> well,
2: I think that's a good segue, actually, into what we're going to talk about, which is a continuation of what we talked about last week, which are people's questions about creative process.
0: There was an interesting through line. And I think something that uh, on social media, everybody's kind of talking about of, oh, I'm going to be home. That means that I have time to be creative. Um, And I feel like that is the most suffocating, (laughs) most suffocating idea right now where it's like, oh, I have no excuses. I have no excuses right now. I should just be doing it. (laughs) And then that's like weirdly paralyzing.
2: Yeah, these are also generally people without children saying this, I I, I will yes. point out. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a lot of pressure. It's like, you know, to see all these people who are like, all right, now I'm going to write that screenplay. Like, A, give yourself a break. You know, shit's hard right now. You don't need to do anything creative if you don't really feel like it. But also, like, it's, you know, just kind of create. if If you're a creative normally, kind of try to stick to that your normal schedule you don't need to like go into overdrive just because you're stuck at home
0: yeah this is a global pandemic not a manic episode as much as i wish it was (laughs) Uh, but yeah it's like i've been angry at myself for not being max productivity or max creativity and it's like bro why the fuck did you think that during a global pandemic you would somehow have like better better mental health than usual
2: yeah totally (laughs) Song, what is your, uh, we talked to Miyash about this a little bit, but can you describe your personal and uh, slash twerps uh, creative process? Like what do you guys, how do you, how do you do it?
1: Well, um, we are pretty fortunate in the sense that uh, we all kind of contribute um, in our own way and we can do that remotely um, because we, we compose in the cloud, so mm. to speak, we, we, you know, we have our, our Ableton, uh, Ableton is like a digital audio uh, workstation, uh, and that's where we sort of collaboratively write our music and record our parts so we can just pull it out of the cloud and then see what everyone else has been working on. Um, and it's been kind of a weird time for us, um, the timing of, of this pandemic, because we were also, we were going to be... Going into a studio this week, uh, right? Of course, studios right. are non-essential and are closed. So yeah, we've um, we're kind of like everyone else in the world, trying to trying to just find the way to stay
2: productive in uh, amidst this crazy episode. So, can you guys not record from home in the way you'd want to in a studio?
1: Well. We can, a lot of things we can record from home, um, being, Twerp being, you know, like a synth rock band, uh, synths are easy to record from home. Right. Um, any Anything that you don't need a, a big physical space to record in, so in particular drums are, we can't record drums basically, because yeah. you, you, can, you can't record drums and make them sound good inside a, a bedroom, yeah. not in the same way that you can do, you know, like guitars and, and keys and stuff like that, so... That's kind of our challenge right now, and we're, we're we're rolling with it. We're finding ways to to deal with it. But.
2: Have you thought about doing all drum machine for this album?
1: Uh, well, no. We we thought about doing uh, all a cappella, actually. Um, <laughs> finally, finally, like, uh, have and and uh, and Phobos will break their vow of silence, and uh, you'll get to hear all of our angelic voices in chorus. But
0: full, full on beatboxing.
1: I I don't think it's
2: gonna Boots stick though. Cats. I don't know.
1: The world's
0: not ready for it yet.
1: <laughs> Yeah, boots and cats.
2: No, that's that's once that door is opened, you can never close it.
1: Yeah. I mean look at look at Scottman's song. He couldn't close yeah, that door. That's true. <laughs> Not that he would ever want to.
0: Is the um is the vocoder getting a lot of action right now?
2: You tell me, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh shit.
0: <laughs> More than I could have ever hoped for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Holy yeah. shit, can you do the rest of the episode? <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, you back Oh yeah, it's always on. It's right there. It's right next to me, pretty much at all times. So this
2: is fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> this really, I this this is my peach now. This is all, right. all three of my peaches. We actually
2: <laughs> haven't done. I haven't done uh, some like original music for a new episode in a bit. So Sung, here's what I'm going to ask you to do: just do some uh, talk box thing. And I will put something underneath it. Give give me a good, like, I don't know, 10, 20 seconds of whatever the fuck you want to do. And I will put something underneath it when this episode comes out.
1: All right. I can I can do that. You want to do that right now?
2: Yeah, just go for it. Uh,
1: I'm going to have to tune this up because this is an analog synthesizer. So it's going to sound awful. But you can, you can just EQ that out.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's easy. I'll fix it. <laughs>
1: That beautiful there there you I have that's it. that's my that's <laughs> my piece for you
2: <laughs> um. Late
1: tonight with Brian and little lull oh yeah tonight with fly and bend the light to it's late tonight with fly
0: remember oh yeah
1: there you go uh, a
2: little something fuck yes fuck that's our current awesome.
0: theme song <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Hopefully you can chop some of that up and use it. That was uh, beautiful. Absolutely. That was the best.
0: So, I don't oh. I am so fascinated by vocoder talk box stuff and I know nothing about how they actually work.
2: Well, first, can you explain um, to people the difference between a vocoder and a talk box because I think a lot of people use them interchangeably, but they're quite different.
0: Yes, I thought they were the same thing.
1: I would love to do that. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a thing cuz I mean, I'm I kind of call myself a uh, synth vocalist because I I, I do talkbox and vocoder. So I the differentiation between them is is important to me. So I'm gonna make it uh, known to you guys as well out there. So the the talkbox is actually super crude. It sounds like it sounds the, the like futuristic, right? It sounds like a robot. But it's really just so crude, because what it is, is it's a little tiny, <clears throat> a little tiny speaker, like a little guitar speaker in like a pedal, uh, and you plug an instrument, that can be like a synthesizer like I'm using, and you plug the instrument into that pedal, which is the, the speaker, and then the speaker shoots the sound through a tube into your mouth. And then, so, so the sound of the synthesizer is now inside your mouth, and the notes that you're playing are inside your mouth, and you form the words that you want to say. Um, so really, it's like so crude because there's the tubes involved, and there's just like sound getting shot into your orifices. It's like it's a mess. <laughs> but uh, but it sounds it sounds pretty cool if you ask me. A um, vocoder is actually um, I, I'm tempted a lot to more. say,
2: and I might cut this out. You're getting face fucked by sound. Is that accurate? <laughs>
1: You know what? I think I think that it's that's a quite an accurate accurate description of it uh, really
2: Okay great I'm so, definitely going to cut I that think... out <laughs> <laughs> Really
1: <laughs> getting face frigged by sound I, there, there you got the the family friendly Um so I guess the the vocoder I guess that's where we where we were at the vocoder is a lot more there's a lot more um, tech I guess you could say involved there where the you you, you're speaking into a microphone and the microphone is getting the 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 sound from the microphone is getting processed inside the vocoder uh in and then you can uh use it to with like a keyboard so that it's pitched so you can you get this process kind of crazy it's pretty lo-fi sounding um like voice uh emulation it's it's pretty it's very cool it's it's very, it's distinctly different from TalkBox. TalkBox is usually a lot more um, intelligible; like it's easier to to hear what you're saying, I guess. But vocoder has certainly has its own vibe and its its own yes. application.
2: So, am I correct that one one main difference is with the vocoder? So you speak into the microphone, and the the machine, the vocoder, outputs the signal, and that's what people hear. With the TalkBox you are just kind of into a normal microphone and it's the the signal's kind of coming into your mouth and then getting shaped by your mouth and just the thing through a normal microphone is what people hear is that correct
1: yeah exactly the talk box sound is coming into your mouth but with the vocoder sound is going out of your mouth yep yeah nailed it
2: cool wow
0: that's, that's really interesting. Could you uh, call out, like, a song or, like, album that has uh vocoder uh, as opposed to, because I'm assurmi- assuming that uh, if we want to hear some TalkBox stuff, we just listen to some TWRP. Uh,
1: um, let's see. Off the top of my head, I mean, it's not used as, like, a, a main vocal all that often, but, uh, like, In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, you can hear it in there. Oh. Um, uh-huh yeah because it, it's usually used as like um it's part of a palette of sound it's not typically like i said it's not typically like a the, the lead vocal but uh, sure, it yeah. is yeah it is in there hmm.
0: that's lovely i i did not expect to learn that today and that's really hmm. interesting and you did a great job of actually explaining the differences because i'm stupid and normally can't follow that kind of stuff
2: well it, is, it is my honor layton. as a tubesman layton you are not stupid I want oh, to be very I'm clear doing. We this. literally
0: last episode started the creative process thing with me self deprecating, and now I'm doing it again <laughs> right before we get into the creative process questions that are literally us saying, like, don't do that. It's, it's a difficult ha- habit to break out of.
2: We're all humans.
0: It's true. As as Jory would say, we're all dirty Humes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, let's do some questions.
0: Um, I, I have one that I'd like to start with because it's a nice ease in. Um let's do this it. comes from Gage. Uh, a question for everyone, do you have any specific songs or albums that help get the creative juices flowing?
2: Mm. uh um. for me this is it 's very dependent on what I want to write but uh let 's see in general um honestly, a big one for me is just yacht rock, Spotify playlist <laughs> just hell yeah. Put it on, get a vibe, and it's off to the races. Totally. From um, for, for myself,
1: uh, I think a lot of the time, uh, as as a musician, you hear a lot of music and you you're around music a lot, and I feel like just going back to the songs that bring you the most amount of joy, um, like from the from all of your life, uh, really just. Get give me the energy to to be creative, and for the, for me, those would be um, probably like "Love Come Down" by Evelyn Champagne. Aw, uh-huh. yep, yep. Like yep. I just I can't not feel so good when I'm listening to that song, and it makes me want to like make that feeling for others too. And make gives me gives me like you know that creative juice.
0: Um, that makes a lot of sense considering, um, I, have only seen you guys perform live once and like, just, I was so struck. And it's the thing that everybody says about y'all of like, you have such incredible like stage energy and you keep it up the entire time. And it's so like positive and happy and like hearing you say that it's, it's stuff that like really brings you joy before you get into the process makes
2: so much sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, thank you for saying that.
0: That's lovely. I had so much fun at y'all's show.
2: Uh, the Love Come Down is the one that our sound guy, Matt Otley, uses to test the room. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. It sure is. Yeah. So before every NSP show, when, you know, so a sound guy, typically what they'll do is they'll play some song that they know very well in the space just to kind of get a sense of it and see what they need to do. And that is at every NSP show when uh, Matt Otley, our wonderful sound guy who uh, is setting up uh, and making sure everything is to his exacting specifications. Uh, that is the song he plays to to get a sense of the room. So I think I've heard that song about a thousand times now. To a thousand more. Indeed.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh,
2: what about you, Leighton? What's your, what's your answer?
0: I think for me, I, because I've just been um, doing things in a very particular, uh, I guess, dark tone lately, which is a big... 180 from dream daddy which actually i'll go on record saying dream daddy was the 180 for me that was the one out of left field and then people expect that to be what the rest of my shit's like and it's like oh buddy no it's not (laughs) um but but i like some moody uh weird stuff i one of my favorites is uh the caretaker have you all listened to the caretaker
2: no i don't know what that is.
0: it's uh the the album that I recommend everybody to check out is an uh, in, in empty bliss beyond this world, or is it endless? I forget. Um, but basically the whole idea behind the caretaker is it's all meant to sound like the music from the end of the shining, hence Ooh. the caretaker. Um, so it's oh, a lot oh. of like sampled from that era of music and like very degraded and it because a whole th- there's like three parts to the caretaker stuff because it's like a side project of another musician um and it, they're all about like alzheimer's so it's very similar to oh, like wow. um mm. uh, fuck what's the the um is it william basinski the one where it's like the thing deteriorating yeah that's right uh, that i can't listen to because it's so fucking slow yeah is that water music
2: i forget which one
0: okay whatever the one the one like that but uh caretaker is very much about like the stages of alzheimer's and so it like very slowly goes through it the track names are kind of about that and it's just um there's this concept that was coined by i believe mark fisher who's a wonderful writer rest in peace um uh, hauntology that's h-a-u-n-t ology um and it's sort of this idea that things like vaporwave and certain other types of music and media hit where it's like this nostalgia for aborted futures like futures that never happened so Mm. you know vaporwave is very about that like what if this 80s like mall aesthetic continued Mm -hmm. on and we didn't evolve past that um and it's a really interesting concept but i think the caretaker embodies that really well because it is like a sort of modernized but also degraded version of like very old music um it, it's perfect background music and i love it to death um and i've listened to those albums so many times and they just don't get old for me um and they create a very specific mood and they make me want to watch the shining so it's great
2: cool
1: very cool that sounds really interesting yeah, yeah i, I definitely yeah, want definitely check to. it out yeah uh
2: all right i'm gonna pick a question here and uh this one is it's is pretty nsp torp specific but I, it's one that i haven't ever really talked about so uh uh, I want to just read it here. All right, so here's the question. Uh, this is from Kyle, he, him. I'm not a composer, but I arrange music for brass quintet and tuba slash euphonium ensemble. My process generally involves writing motivic and or- uh, orchestrational ideas on staff paper and then inputting it into my notation software. What is your process for writing your music for NSP slash Starbomb and twerp? Do you use staff paper at all, or do you have another method? Thanks. Okay, mm. Uh Song, do you want to take this one? For I know you write a lot of the the twerp music. Do you want to discuss your, you know, what your process is on that? Are you ever writing yeah. out sheet music? Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, usually how it goes down is
1: usually one of us will start um, with like a, a skeleton of a song, which would be like like a groove or maybe like an A and a B section, that kind of thing, like a, something like a progression, basically. Uh, and when we do get down to actually writing it all together and like fleshing out the song, uh, often we will, you know, cause we go on like writing retreats once a year or so, uh, when we're on these writing retreats, often we will just like, you know, with staff paper, write out like the, you know, like a, sh- a shitty chart, <laughs> you know, just like a dumb down thing so that everybody can be on the same page and just get the broad strokes of it. Uh, we don't yeah. really, we definitely don't go into Sibelius and, uh input every note painstakingly like, like, uh, like Kyle, but, um, yeah, we do a little bit of it.
2: Yeah. Personally. So I grew like when I was in college as a, uh, like a music major, a composition major, major, I did everything on staff paper. I mean, I was in the finale is the program I used at the time and just wrote everything. You know, sometimes I would write, uh, usually at the piano and then notate everything and uh, that's because everything was designed to be played by other human beings Um, Mm. and in a relatively precise way. I mean, when you're studying, you know, when you take a composition class, you got to write shit out. Like, that's, you know, (laughs) half the battle is putting it down on paper to be played by someone else. But now, for for NSP and Starbomb, I almost never write anything else, write anything out on staff paper. It's just... Like, sometimes, very occasionally sung for twerp, I'll give you guys a lead sheet or something, but pretty rarely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only stuff I typically do on staff paper now is if we're doing horn arrangements, I do all the horn arrangements uh, myself for NSP, uh, and that I will write out and then hand to the to the horn players. But there's just no... We, we hear a lot from people like, hey, will you guys ever put out sheet music? It's just so... There's so much shitty sheet music out there uh, (laughs) where, like, the tabs are the wrong chords and, you know, it sounds nothing like the actual song. I mean, it's hard, you know, to arrange a song for, like, a rock band for piano and have it sound halfway decent. Mm -hmm. If we were going to put out proper sheet music for NSP, that would take a, a long time. And it's time that I personally don't have, like, right now. So, and given... I imagine
0: would want to expend elsewhere.
2: Yeah, totally. Like, I don't know how many, you know, people would even be interested. Probably, you know, a small handful of people would actually buy NSP sheet music. Um, But it's, you know, it's not the kind of thing... Like, to be perfectly frank about it, like, we're not going to make any money off of it. And to expend the amount of time... I mean, this would be, like, probably months to really get it right and do it well... It just doesn't seem worth it. Like, I could be writing new original music in that time rather than, you know, putting the old stuff on, uh, on sheet music. That being said, if someone came to me and was like, hey, like, I want to arrange all the NSP stuff or wh- some NSP stuff, whatever, uh, for sheet music, and then you can just kind of look at it and make sure it works, that I would be totally down for. I just don't have the time mm-hmm. or energy or motivation to do it uh, myself. But right now, like, in terms of writing, Never on staff paper. It's all just uh, you know. It's mostly on MIDI. On I use Logic, and I just put stuff down, and then you know, kind of develop it uh, from there. Yeah. So that's my process right now. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: there's a there's a word in that question. Uh, what what is motivic? I don't know what that means.
2: Oh, like uh, in a so a mot like a, an idea for a theme or a mo, a motif or. I think that's, yeah, motif, uh, is like a melody line or a bass line or or something like that. So orchestrational is how to arrange it in terms of what instruments are playing it. But uh, motivic is like the actual meat of the music. The of the idea. Yeah.
0: Cool. I'd never heard that word before. Yeah, it's... i so much today.
2: Sometimes (laughs) you hear it in the context of uh, leitmotif, which is a... uh, yeah, you know, a famous thing. Basically, in, in Vog, uh, Wagnerian opera, every character or object or whatever has a certain theme associated with them. Not not unlike a lot of movies. You know, like in Star Wars, there's Leia's theme and there's right, like, yeah. that sort of thing. So uh, Wagner was famous for having these things he called leitmotifs, which were themes that would appear whenever certain characters showed up uh, in the opera. There's actually a, this amazing book. i uh, will probably getting the German wrong slightly, but it's like Das Buch der Motif which is a list of all of (laughs) the leitmotifs from the ring cycle. Uh, And it's really cool. So you can look through and you can see, oh, here's Siegfried's thing. And here's, you know, the ring's thing. Uh, And characters have multiple rings. Yeah, multiple themes, I mean.
0: You can also just go on TV Tropes. And then there's just like an encyclopedia of that from literally everything. I remember reading a lot of that in middle school i honestly okay i use tv tropes all the time i knock it because it's it's like the dorkiest thing in the world and there's a very specific vibe to the way that people write on there lots of <laughs> italics and oh, like yeah. really over dramatizing stuff that doesn't need to be it's pretty um, annoying that's God, definitely true that vo- that voice is the worst and it totally maybe it's partially because it informed a lot of uh the way i wrote in like middle school and stuff and that is a nightmare um, but it is such a, I, I pull it up very frequently and like use it for work.
2: It's I mean, really it's just useful. Like, it's so
0: useful. I mean, if you want, if you want to find stuff that's, you're like, oh, I'm thinking of doing this idea. What else has done this? And just kind of like going down the line. And then also you find a lot of new stuff that you probably never would have watched or listened to or checked out just because it's like, oh, this is interesting.
2: I also find it useful as just a framing device. It's like, you know, the moment you put into words, the idea of this, idea or trope or thing you're like oh that is a thing and just knowing that there's kind of a term for it sometime it's empowering Uh, I mean sometimes it can be limiting but uh, it's when you're thinking of what could happen it's sometimes useful to have a little dictionary in your head of like oh I could do this or this or this or this or this and you just kind of run down the list and see if you like any of those options.
0: Yeah, and then there's totally like, you know, I I think a lot of those terms have fully entered my lexicon of, you know, lampshading and uh, uh, fridge logic and all that stuff. Um, Yeah, useful, useful tool. What's the
2: one that it's like combining a bunch of individually awesome things into something that sucks? It's like vampire, shark, robot, zombie or something like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As we we like to call just two things. (laughs) (laughs) What was
2: Um, it? I have to look this up now. Hold on.
0: Wait, are you describing NSP songs, though?
2: Well, that's the thing. Believe me, I am the most guilty. Uh, Ninja Pi- this is it Ninja Pirate Zombie Robot? That's what it's called. Yep. Wow. Uh, and yes, I am absolutely describing NSP songs. In fact, wow. uh, many of our uh, song ideas, if not the entire band name, comes from, hey, let's just list like a couple cool things.
0: We got dinosaurs, we got lasers, and we got fights.
2: Uh, yes. Dude. Recipe for You're not success. exaggerating. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I was really when I discovered that um, Dream Daddy has a TV tropes page. That was like the true. I'm I'm fully oh. dis. I mean, everything I see that other people have put out about Dream Daddy like just makes me wildly dissociate. But like the TV <laughs> tropes was the big one of like that's great. What the fuck? <laughs> I spend years and years and years just inhaling hundreds of tabs of TV tropes. So very very strange to be like, oh yeah, That's that we did. <laughs> hey, do you like horror movies? Are you stuck at home right now, just waiting to get funny games? Or perhaps The Strangers? Duh. Well, have we got the thing for you. In honor of our upcoming horror history series, Deep Cuts, hosted by yours truly, we've partnered with Shudder to bring y'all a special offer. Late night listeners, that means you. And get an extended 14-day free trial for Shudder and access to their full library of amazing horror movies. All you have to do is go to Shudder.com signup, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R, and enter promo code DEEPCUTS. For people who don't listen to Late Night and are thus not cool, they only get seven days. Late Night listeners get 14. That's two weeks of horror content. And if that's not a peach, I don't know what is. So now that you have no excuse, I am simply demanding that you watch some great horror movies, such as Audition, Ginger Snaps, In the Mouth of Madness, Tetsuo the Iron Man, The Taking of Deborah Logan, The Love Witch, Knife and Heart, Revenge, literally all of the Friday the 13th movies, Dogtooth, Noroi the Curse, The Exorcist 3, A Tale of Two Sisters, and so many more that I couldn't possibly list them all, but they're very good. So scoot on over there with promo code DeepCuts. Let's get spooky.
2: Or else. Uh, Layton, do you want to pick another question here?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. This question is from Kira. I was curious how you handle or store works in progress and quote-unquote dead projects, like sketchbooks, notes, or projects you devote a lot of time to but never fully carry out. One part of me wants to hoard every scrap, sketch, and prompt just in case I can revisit it with a different perspective or use it in a future project. It's also nice to see if I've made any artistic progress over time. Another part of me wants to permanently get rid of pieces I don't have a use for anymore, so I don't have files of junk or proof of my failures and rage quits. <laughs> this is a really good question.
2: That's a great question, yeah. Um, I I will say for me, because most of what I work on is digital, uh, as it is for many people these days, I never throw anything out. Like for for music... It's all in there somewhere. I'm not going to permanently delete a file. And I have very frequently, like, gone back to files from, now we have, you know, 11 years of NSP uh, ideas as well as other stuff. Uh, I'll just go back and start listening to old shit and see if I like any of it that, you know, I didn't like or didn't finish for whatever reason uh, once upon a time. This is a lot harder in physics where, like, you, I mean, I'm actually, like, then I, I just have these folders of, like, math that I would do. And then at some point you're like, well, that never went anywhere. But <laughs> picking it up after, like, it's easy to pick up a song. But it's very hard to look at something you calculated six years ago and be like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> like, a lot of times, uh, it, it, you know, it it's like this classic thing with, with uh, science is you write the paper and you move on to the next thing. And I certainly look at papers that I wrote and I'm like, what? I, what was I doing? I just don't understand this at all anymore. It happens to, you know, almost every scientist that these papers from even a couple years old, you're just like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand this anymore. And you can relearn <laughs> it pretty quick. But there for physics, I would just store, I, I actually would occasionally throw out old notebooks if it was like, well, I have to move again and this math isn't going to get any more mathy. So let's just like, you know, dump it in a garbage disposal somewhere.
0: <laughs> I had never really considered that from the perspective of like science stuff, um, Doctor Sung. What's your what's your uh, take on this?
1: Um, I'm a very similar situation to to Brian because all everything that I create musically is digital. I, I never delete anything, and every once in a while I'll go back to an old project or something, or sometimes even when. When twerp is like, when we're trying to like, when we're perusing all of our ideas and we're, you know, trying to narrow down songs to like put into an album, sometimes like something that I think is a piece of shit from like six months ago, I'll like bring it up for shits and giggles and then uh, the other guys might like it. And like that happens to all of us in the band. So like a lot of the time having a fresh uh, set of ears, at least in music, can go a long way in oh yeah seeing or, or hearing what is good about something.
0: Yeah, or even distance from your own stuff yeah. and being like, "Oh, I was really down on this at the moment, but this is actually totally. kind of dope." And now that I have better skills, I can actually execute this in the way that I wanted to at the time. Mm-hmm. I think, I think from a writing and like game development perspective, uh, never throw anything away. Keep your sketchbooks, keep your yeah. old writing projects. Like, I really can't emphasize enough how much of like the work that I do now is like okay. There were these characters that I drew a couple of times and thought were interesting years ago and never did anything with. They actually work really great for that. Like you sort of have the groundwork and like pieces that you can kind of collage together to make the new thing. I will say that like for Dream Daddy, a lot of those designs or character quirks or whatever, were just sort of like an amalgam of all these years of things that I'd kind of picked um, and kind of synthesized into a new thing. Like I think that stuff is really important, not only to track your progress, but it makes you a better artist. And if you have the space to hold on to that kind of stuff, I'd fucking do it. Mm-hmm. I,
2: I find it really interesting, especially working in a, a you know, a band with uh, another person. I mean, in terms of writing, it's two other people. It's me and Dan and producer Jim Roach. Uh, you know, like there there's a bit of fuck you energy that comes from presenting an idea that the other guys don't like. And <laughs> it's like... Well, if you don't like it, I'm going to do something awesome with it myself. Like, you'll see how stupid you are for rejecting this amazing (laughs) song. Uh, And uh, I found that I've repurposed a lot of ideas I really like into, that the other guys didn't, uh, into stuff that I like for myself or just other projects. Um, I, I You know... I, I I agree. Never throw anything away. Obviously, if it's taking up physical space and you need the space, get rid of it. But if it's files, I don't see any downside to to keeping it in some format you can uh, you can access later.
0: Yeah, and if you have a big like stack of sketchbooks or notebooks, if you're gonna get rid of them, please just like digitize them first. Because having old sketchbooks is really important, and especially like getting those tools to figure out how to iterate on those. Like you find so much good stuff, and also like. I I don't know if this, I'm sure this is most uh, visual artists, but like there's such um, visceral snapshots in time of your life. Like it is truly like a diary, like a visual diary, regardless of whether you mean it to be or not. Um, It is totally just like a little time capsule of a moment in your life. And I think that's really valuable to hold on to.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: Also the best art is motivated by either spite or horniness. I will die on this hill.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought. Okay, what I thought you said was the best art is motivated by spider horniness, and I was like, oh, "What yeah. the fuck!" <laughs> I love the idea of spider horniness. That is, I
0: don't like that. It's, <laughs>
2: I feel like I don't it's, like
0: that one bit. It's, it's like
2: eight a, times
1: freakier. Or four
2: it's times like a freaker? Louise Bourgeois sculpture or something, right? It's like, yeah. Oh,
0: it's just there. There's this. I I have this like. I don't think I've ever been able to find it since, and I guess my my mental leap here was spider horniness leads to awful bundles of baby spiders. Yeah, um, hell, hell yeah, it does. I so I I conceptually fuck with spiders. I, I like vibe with them, not in the horny whatever.
1: Um <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, nobody's it's like they're
0: cool, you. they're useful, they they look sick, but in practice, I see them and I am upset and i will take them outside I will, I will escort them out but there's this video that i found forever ago that i got into this hole because like you can watch bug fights on youtube which mm. are awful but very interesting oh yeah and then there's there there's like lifestyle people who raise spiders and stuff and there's this one video that i found it was a dude with a tarantula it was like a mommy tarantula and he was really it was almost like an unboxing video i like, I like that you eggs. said
2: mommy tarantula this... <laughs> That's pretty great. Of course, yeah. Daddy likes that.
0: Mommy tarantula. Yeah,
2: da- Daddy likes mommy tarantulas. <laughs> uh, so
0: <laughs> it was like an unboxing video for a spider egg sack. And the dude was like so palpably excited. Like he's clearly filming with one hand and he's it, it, the other hand on the spider stuff. Oh, my God. You <laughs> keep accidentally saying like, <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> so he's so excited he kind of pulls open the spider egg sack a little bit and he's just so stoked and he opens it up and all the baby spiders are dead and I don't think I've ever heard like a more grief stricken man like he's so upset and the video keeps going and he's like
2: oh Oh my God! I
0: was so excited. I can't. They're all. None of them are alive. Oh gosh! <laughs> it was really fucked up. I'm thinking of that dude. I hope you're okay, and I <laughs> hope you have lots of spider babies.
2: Sung, I think you and you or one of the other twerp guys introduced me to bug fights on YouTube. I think it was one of you.
1: Oh yeah, that was well. Don't don't feel great about it now, but it, it's 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 good to know that it exists in the world.
2: Yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah.
1: It's fun it's I, to watch before you think about it too much.
2: <laughs> I used to do uh, a thing on YouTube, and I've done this for a while, where I would uh, come up with the name of an insect and then the name of a mammal and search insect eats mammal and see if there were any videos <laughs> of it. And uh, obviously for most insects, the answer is no. But uh, there are some... All right. Look up bat-eating millipede. Holy shit. Which is a millipede that eats bats. Uh, there's Oh no. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think I've no. seen that actually. The fucker is like what 2 feet fuck? long. Yeah. Oh god. That is the stuff no, of no, nightmares.
1: No,
0: no, 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 I I see a bat rib cage out. I do not want that. Oh, sorry. That.
2: That's what a giant bat eating centipede. It's not a millipede, it's a centipede. Yep, there it is. Yep, this is the one. It's the first oh, video no. that comes up for giant bat eating centipede oh, and no, the I'm centipede yeah, so the centipede crawls. This is a huge, pale, like horror horror film looking centipede. It's probably about a foot, foot and a half long. It crawls up to oh. the top of the cave and hangs down <laughs> until a bat flies into it, and then it grabs the bat and like dumps some venom into it, and then eats the shit out of it, and it rules. This
0: is fucking awful. I hate <laughs> this, this. guys. Insane. Don't Google this.
2: It's my oh, favorite. No,
0: no. no! <laughs> Get out of there! No,
2: there's some really. Are you watching it, Layden? Yeah. Did it get the bat yet?
1: No, I, yeah. Yeah. Oh god.
2: Uh, it turns Ooh, out centipedes no. eat a lot of amazing things. There's a really good one of a centipede eating a mouse, which I is definitely. We
0: might we might disagree on the definition of really good,
2: <laughs> but by really good I mean objectively great. So I don't think we disagree on that, honestly. <laughs> Um, but the, it's, it's a very upsetting video of a centipede, just like digging into a mouse and it's munching. Oh, it's, it's so great. Centipedes like these big centipedes that live in, I think the, the bat eating one is from South America somewhere. Although I forget, I realized South America is pretty big, so I don't know. Maybe it's in the Amazon. I don't remember. Uh, but these big South American centipedes will eat the shit out of mammals and it's awesome. Fuck. I what are what are um what what bugs freak y'all out the most? I don't get freaked out by bugs. I love bugs.
1: Um I have an answer for this. Okay, they're underneath my garbage can <gasps> um about maybe eight months ago, I guess it was in the summer, there was this like silver tube of <laughs> like a, it was like a snake but also a worm. And also what? had like no face, but it had like one eye or like, it was disgusting. And it just like flopped I mean, dude, around. You're,
2: you're straight up talking about a dick right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> was that you, Brian? Trash can dick. You son you of a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I honestly, I can't, I can't describe it any better than that. It was like silver and shiny and it like didn't slither like a snake. It just kind of flopped around. It was awful.
2: Was it a slug?
1: It wasn't a slug. It was like, I think somebody said it, it was like a blind, like called like a blind worm or like a blind snake, <gasps> something like that.
2: Oh my god! I have to look this up right now.
1: There's, they're like, oh man, they're so gross. It-
0: Wait, are you just tricking us into looking up dick pics?
2: <laughs> blind snake. Blind one-eyed worm. Oh god. Did you Did you find it? No. Uh. I'm looking up blind snake now. Blind. Uh, what is it?
1: Blind.
0: These look cute. I don't I'm, yeah, I I guess I would be calling
2: Yes. Slow worm, I think. Slow worm, that's what it is. <laughs> I think it's called
1: No. Wait, what? That can't be right. It says it in Europe. See, no, we, we tout the
0: show as like a talk show for the terminally online, but we truly don't really do that beyond <laughs> having online people. But now this is like, y'all are just going to hear frantic typing and then us going, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm typing huge worm Los Angeles. Uh, the first <laughs> Craigslist actually...
0: personals, huge worm Los Angeles. <laughs>
2: oh, okay. I think I found it.
1: Thread snake.
2: I, I will say, before we look at that, the first hit on Google when I search for huge worm Los Angeles is an L.A. Times article where, from 2019, actually just from December 2019, where the title is thousands of, quote, penis fish, unquote, wash up <laughs> on Northern California beach.
1: Ryan, articles that you wrote don't count, okay?
2: Look, it's, it's a vanity podcast. <laughs> All right, so what, what was it? Uh, Thread something?
1: snake. Thread Thread snake, thread snake, yeah, Bromini blind snake or the thread snake. And it's cute. Oh, but it was, it, it's, the way that it moved was what was most startling because it looked like it was like dying or in pain, but because it was just mm. on cement underneath my, underneath my my garbage can, just like flopping around, and I was like, what do I do with it? Is
2: that's ooh. very cool.
0: I I guess there there are a lot of things that are more fucked up in motion. I i guess i'm like not a big i i loved the aesthetics of an insect but they upset me um I-, I will say though there are two types of insects that i find very fascinating and love very much um are y'all familiar do, do you have these in either jersey or canada canada uh antlions oh
2: yeah antlions are all like over from jersey. half-life
1: 2 <laughs> dude we-, we get those like crazy in canada
0: um, uh. Yeah, just everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, we
2: would, uh, we would but ant- uh, drop ants into their little funnels and watch totally, them Totally, yeah, right? yeah,
0: yeah. It would take like a pine needle and then like trace around the edge of it. Um, for those unfamiliar, an antlion is like you'll see little... Uh, cone, cone indentations in the ground, and at the very bottom of the cone, there's an ant lion. Huh. And when it feels like an ant or another bug crawling around on the outside, they start spitting up sand from the center, so it'll knock down and fall further in, and then they eat it. It's the best, and like
1: that. Hours of entertainment right there, Doctor Sung Do you, um, you
2: you legitimately don't know about these?
1: Uh, I didn't know that. That's how they hunted, or you know, ate. That's that's pretty that's pretty nifty.
2: Yeah, Clever.
0: They're also fucked up looking.
2: Yeah, they're pretty messed up. Ooh.
0: Um, there's actually a really great movie. Have, have you watched Um Woman in the in the Dunes? No. It's a Japanese New Wave 60s <laughs> black and white deal. <laughs> Um, that I highly recommend, but it, it's like the most, um, it, it's it's not obviously explicitly about antlions, but it's basically dude gets stuck in a huge sand pit that's shaped like an antlion thing with this lady who's like, no, no, you're staying with me. You're not leaving. Huh. You're my husband now. Um, a really, really fantastic movie. Um, wow. it, it's like one of the most uh, like f- physical, like you just feel the sand. Everything is covered in sand and it's awful.
2: <laughs> I love it. What's the other insect?
0: uh cordyceps uh cordyceps fungus is fungi um that's c-o-r-d-y-c-e-p-s i guess it's not a specific uh uh creature but it's the fungus that like grows out of bugs oh Oh, that thing
2: Um, yes i'm looking at this this rules. yeah gnarly
0: isn't that so metal but yeah it's like a mind control
2: yes that one like that's so cool that's awesome
0: oh, the visuals, like, they're amazing. I mean, that is a horrifying thought of this thing has taken over your body, you're just like, it's fucking up your brain, and now it's growing out of your body and you're dead. Yeah. That's that's, that's some Cronenberg shit. I mean, that's
2: basically <laughs> being pregnant.
0: Pregna- pregnancy is the ultimate body horror. Yes, uh, absolutely. I just watched Swallow, uh, which was
2: fine. I have not seen it, which is probably not a surprise.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not really a... I don't know, whatever. I'm not going to go on my screen about it. But it's like pregnant lady develops um, pica and starts eating Uh thumbtacks and shit. Oh,
2: gotcha. Fine. It's pretty. It's like a
0: Pinterest. (laughs) It's a Pinterest
2: board of a movie. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, Let's do one more question.
1: Okay. Okay. So how do you approach slash know which parts to keep the same and which to change when playing covers? For original music, how do you decide when to match the drums versus guitar versus do your own thing? And lastly, who are some great people to listen to to help me get out of my melody-centric thinking and more into a rhythm section mindset, especially any underrated or lesser-known musicians? From Justin, he slash him.
2: Cool. So I guess, I mean, I can talk about the cover stuff. Uh, Song, you, of course, are an integral part of the NSP covers uh experience um this is something with with ninja sex party in particular dan and i have very different attitudes towards uh my attitude is completely fuck it up and make it almost unrecognizable um (laughs) and dan's is much more like let's keep it pretty straight ahead uh we tend to keep them pretty straight ahead for a variety of reasons it's they honestly very few people love completely fucked up covers. And I don't think those albums would, <laughs> would be very popular <laughs> if the songs were just like completely deconstructed versions. Uh, for me, it, it's just like a fun intellectual exercise to do it. Mm-hmm. But what parts to keep the same and what to change? I mean, obviously like generally melody and chords are going to stay pretty much, uh, the same, uh, Everything else, as far as I'm concerned, is up in the air, unless there's a particularly iconic uh, line. So, like we covered "Rock with You" by Michael Jackson, and there's like a you know do 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 kind of synth line that, that comes in there. Uh, or there's a, oh, sorry, I'm talking about the synth solo do 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 or whatever that is. I got the notes a little wrong there. But if there's really iconic stuff, we want to keep it, especially if it's a solo. Everything else is 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 up in the air. What about so Twerp does covers like pretty regularly? Um, I know you you guys typically do like one per show. What do you guys do when you're doing your own covers? Um,
1: all right, so here's 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 the the real trick for Twerp. Are you guys ready for covers? Yeah. We listen to the live version of that song. So if if it's a recorded oh. version of a song, we go to the artist and we look them up in like when they're at their peak. And we we check out what they did for it live because almost always musicians will will spice things up or do something different when they do it yes, live. Yes, totally. So like when you when you check out the live version and you're like, oh shit, we could like do something like that, um, like it, it gives it sort of a, a fresh uh, a bit of freshness when you when you actually record it that way, um, and also you know like. Like you said, Brian, like you got to keep like the the hooks got to be the same, but you can also have fun with chords and reharmonizing some stuff. But uh, it's a lot of like, like, like you said, a lot of people don't want to hear a fucked up version of a song that they love. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And
2: especially like with the NSP cover albums, a lot of people we hear from the younger fans, like sometimes they've never even heard those songs before. And Mm -hmm. part of the fun is doing them in a way that's our style, but also recognizably, uh, the original I so just to give some specific mm-hmm. examples from NSP stuff one thing I was really excited about uh, we did a cover of jump by Van Halen which is I think arguably not one of our best covers um, but I arranged the the synth solo there in three part harmony which I was really happy about because I thought that was a fun yeah. like That's exercise um, uh, on that first that was on the I think the, that was the first cover album uh also on that album we did the burning down where i changed the uh uh, part of it uh put in five rather than uh i think most of that song is actually in six uh but Mm -hmm. cut off a beat because i thought it'd be fun uh i remember Mm -hmm. with heat of the moment like uh we we listened to the original and the tempo was just like all over the map it was like the drummer was do you remember that
1: yeah it was so weird it was like he was drunk or something Yes, rock it was like, drunk it was unbelievable. It was like
2: the it was like that everyone in that super group might might have been on drugs uh, <laughs> and the tempo was it was just crazy so I remember uh, you guys for that one uh, song, you guys did you take the lead on that arrangement I think you did right
1: uh I think we did I think we kind of had to just because we had to put it on a grid to make it like coverable you know to like make it a single tempo so it was like a really weird thing to Sort of jig things around.
2: Yeah, totally. Uh, and, and that's another thing with NSP and covers, actually, is the process got w- was really different from the first to the third album. In the first album, uh, Dan and I did the first two tracks kind of ourselves, and then several of those we just sent to twerp and was like, have fun. Um, <laughs> and then would mm-hmm. give feedback based on that, although pretty much everything you guys did, we were like, yep, that that's amazing. Um, (laughs) by the time the third cover album was happening, that was something where we had a producer, Jim Roach, and Jim and I sat down and mapped out all the arrangements and then got into the studio with twerp and pretty much used those arrangements to, uh, to record to. So, uh, and that's a very different, uh, process. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's. Let's. Uh, there, there was this last part of the question here. Who are some great people to help me get out of my melody-centric thinking and into a more of a rhythm section mindset? Uh, Sung, I feel like you might have some good advice on this one.
1: Ooh. Um, you know what? Somebody who is uh, hella advanced rhythm styles. I would say. Listen to like. Vince Guaraldi, man, he is—that's <laughs> true, yeah. He totally. He is a total wacko. He is just insanely good, and it's like, he—he he was like kind of a pioneer in like incorporating, like samba and bossa into like, um, other things, and he's—it's definitely not super duper melodic because it's so busy with the, you know, rhythms and the harmony and whatnot.
2: Yeah, I, I had a, a a jazz teacher that used to say drummers make the best arrangers. And, you know, because they're uh, at least drummers that know uh, melody and harmony and, and stuff like that, Obviously, of which, Sung, you are one. So mm-hmm. you are a drummer who also deeply understands, you know, music theory. Uh, but there's all sorts of, I mean, I would say listen to listen to good drummers, um, and there's a million of them. I love, I've actually been listening to a lot recently, the Thad Jones Mel Lewis Orchestra uh, really great big band stuff from the sixties and seventies, I think mostly arranged by Thad Jones, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, and I just, I love Mel Lewis's playing, uh, he's the drummer and it's just, it, it's, it's great stuff, but almost any good drummer. I mean, if you really clue into the, what the drums are doing, uh, that's going to, you know, drums don't have melody. So that's going to help you get out of that mindset quite a bit. Ooh,
1: yes. Oh, on that note, Brian, you got the gears turning. Uh, Dave Brubeck, he is a drummer oh, yeah. a- and a band leader. And he, like, I think he... I'm pretty sure he wrote or at least arranged all of his band's songs. And, like, you guys probably know the song Take Five. Yep. Um, it's most recogn- recognizable, but, yeah, definitely good for that.
2: Yeah, who was the... Uh, was it Tom Morello? Who was his drummer, is that right? Who was the big drummer with um, Brubeck?
1: Tom, well, Tom Morello... He, he was the um, he plays in Rage Against the Machine, dude.
2: No, Joe Morello. It was to- okay. Joe, Joe Morello. He was there a Morello. You go.
1: Yeah, it was there Joe you Morello. Yeah, Joe Morello. Yeah, thank you. But man, that's a crossover waiting waiting to happen, right there, Dave Rubek right. and Tom Morello.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. What would the okay? Hold on. What would the name of the Dave Rubeck, uh Rage Against the Machine crossover album be?
1: Jazz on Parade. Jazz on parade. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it. that. <laughs> Killing in outer space. I don't know. Anyway,
0: Dave against the machine. Dave, Dave against, against the, machine. the machine.
2: We have a
1: winner, folks.
2: <laughs> That's it. Boom,
1: dude. I'm. Just, I, there's got to be like. There's got to be a cover band out there called Dave against the machine. But it's one guy. It's Just one guy. <laughs>
2: All right. Next question. Hey, y'all. Call me Rose. She her. Okay, so I've been in the process of writing a fiction short story, been working on it for close to five years, and I'm not going to lie, I'm struggling. I go to write, and I feel like I'm all over the place. I just have so many different ideas, and I want to rush into it and write everything down, which leaves what I'm working on a complete mess. Do you guys have any, have any advice on how to go about this?
0: I, I, I will point out that this is probably the most common question that we received. Like most emails kind of boil down to the same topic, or like I start, I get stuck. Um, or I can see it all in my head, but I don't know how to actually put it down, which is like very, very common creative thing across all disciplines, I think. Yeah, for sure. But it's learning to get over that hump. And I think a big part of that is giving yourself limits and setting small goals and knowing what those goals are and just kind of creating a roadmap of like, okay, this is point A, this is point B. There are many different stops along the way. And it's really kind of paralyzing when you're sitting down to write and you're like, Oh, shit, I got to do this entire thing. And I have all these ideas or whatever, like you just have to start somewhere and make the goal no matter how small it is of like, okay, this is a scene I know I want to like, you don't have to do it linearly. I think I very rarely write anything that is totally linear. It's like, okay, well, I know what this puzzle piece is. And I know what this puzzle piece is. And it is genuinely like putting together a puzzle. Like you want to put all the pieces around the edge and then you work your way through and some areas are a little bit more filled out, but eventually you know what's supposed to go there. It's just a long process. And if you let yourself, I I, I think I said this on the last episode, but it's just like it, you got to get out of your own way. Like you just got to get out of your head about it and you just got to fucking do it. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes the difference between people who make things and finish things and people who don't make and don't finish things. Like you just have to start doing it. Uh, no matter how you get yourself to start, you just have to do it.
2: Yeah, that's right. And the other thing I will say is having a first draft that's a complete mess is fucking great. It doesn't matter if yeah. it's a complete mess. It Because that's a draft. It should mm-hmm. be a complete mess. It's like get something down and, you know, then go back and hit it, you know, edit it or whatever later after you've given yourself some space. But. To me, having a, a first thing that's a complete mess is not a bad thing at all because you have a thing that exists. So it's better to have too many ideas and dump them all on paper or on you know, on the recording or whatever the fuck it is. Uh just to get it out of your head and get it down. And then you can go back and edit it later. So uh Yeah, like the, the, viciously kill your darlings. Yep. It's 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 really what Layton said. Just set a time to create however you're gonna create, have goals of It doesn't need to be writing a chapter or whatever. Just have it be do something, however small, every day. And sometimes you'll do the bare minimum and struggle to get there. And other times you'll write 50 pages or whatever. And, you know, and it'll, you know, you'll just kind of go on a tear. Just make time to do it. And that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah. Something is better than nothing. And that is something that I think a lot. The the two phrases that I think most often are like, Something is better than nothing, and uh, action precedes motivation. Like, you have to do it. You're not going to want to do it. You just got to do it. Dr. Sung, any thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean, I totally agree with you guys, what you guys are saying. It's, uh, in other words, don't be afraid to suck, because everything's, to get good, it's got to suck first. And um, almost everything's got to suck first before it can be good.
2: That's right. And, and also, a lot of times, what you think sucks... A lot of other people will not think sucks. So, Mm -hmm. like, don't be afraid to put something out there. I mean, obviously, if you think it's terrible, don't do it. But (laughs) uh, if you're like, well, I don't know, you know, whatever. Show it to a couple of people. Maybe show it to a friend or, you know, someone whose judgment you value and see what they think of it. Sometimes it might actually suck and sometimes it won't.
0: And like, I think the thing that you end up fe- fearing the most is getting totally roasted and then that turns into, oh, I'm a shit artist and I'm not going to make it. But like, you will, it is a guaranteed you are going to get leagues better if that happens. Like, it is not some um, uh, death knell of you not being an artist. It means that you are about to get so much better and now you have a higher standard of what you're doing and you just have to reach that point. Um like, I, I think the most valuable advice I've ever gotten has been, like, very uh, kind of vicious stuff. It, it isn't to say that you don't get as much from positive feedback, but it's really difficult, like, being in a creative writing class and you put something out and everyone's like, yeah, this is really good. I don't have anything to say about it. And it's like, ah, fuck, that's the worst possible reaction. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would so much rather you be like, I hate this and here's why. Yeah, and, uh, there's a really excellent piece of advice in on writing by Stephen King that I'm still reading. Uh, I read a little bit every morning, and it's very inspirational to uh go into the day and then spend eight hours and write five hundred words in eight hours, which is um abysmal for me but i'm I'm doing the thing right well, myself. well especially when when Stephen that. King
2: writes a novel a day
0: well he 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 <laughs> writes like he's stated in there it's like two thousand words a day, and it's like on a good day, I can do that during a manic episode, I can do five oh 000, my god uh, Jesus Christ and like it, wow listen y'all bipolar two folks never compare your output to a manic episode because that is that that's a standard you are not going to reach anyway um but the really good piece of advice Mm -hmm. is um when you're working on a thing it's a room with a closed door and anything can happen in there because only you are going to see it and then when you show it to other people you open the door so you're going to want to clean it up before somebody else gets in there
2: yeah cool
0: um but yeah. Uh good luck everybody out there and thank you for your emails. Um I I I guess I weirdly get a lot of joy out of reading them because there's just like this universality of human experience um and it's really nice to hear from y'all and hear what you're thinking about. So uh yeah. Thank you very much and if any of you uh got anything out of that, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. Brian, would you like to introduce what's popping?
2: All right, so our next segment is the uh the segment where we recommend pop culture things we love to the world. Uh, It's called What's Poppin', and I'm going to play the theme song right now.
0: What's poppin'?
2: What's poppin'? All right, Dr. Sung, give me your completely honest feedback. What did you think of that theme song? Um,
1: Well, I couldn't hear it, so it was incredible it was it's art it's true art
2: that's the clip i'm gonna take great the the,
1: the bit the bit has been polar
2: bear in the blizzard (laughs) yeah the the bit doesn't work wide open yeah because remotely no no it totally doesn't like yeah i still love (laughs) doing
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) for those of you listening at home brian gives a very pregnant pause after that question and then the guest usually panics so that, that's what you're hearing when Brian does that <laughs> bit.
2: Although when we're all in the same room, we can all hear that I'm not playing it. But when we're recording remotely, as we are now, it just sounds like an audio issue. <laughs> yeah, because Skype a fucking trickster. sucks. He's a trickster. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, anyway, all right. Layton, what's popping?
0: Um, so I'm, I'm 20 years late on this, but I started watching The Sopranos for the first time. Um, and it is like the one thing keeping me sane right now. Uh, I'm I'm not even done with season one, but it's just I look forward to it every day. I finish my work. I, I play with my dog, and then I play some Animal Crossing, and I watch The Sopranos, and I, I don't have much to say about it. It just fucking rules. You got, a, you got a mobster in therapy? Hell yeah. The therapist is like a beautiful older woman? Hell yeah. <laughs> it's very
2: good. Cool. I, I have never seen the, the Sopranos, but I have a deep connection to it because I grew up in nor- northern New Jersey where of course all of that takes place so i know my parents loved it because they'd be like oh that's the applebee's on route 46 oh (laughs) you know that's that's the shop right in clifton like they just thought it was the best
0: i I don't know if i've spoken to you about this but um my mom is very jersey and i forget exactly where from but yeah that my mom's side of the family is very jersey italian and so just watching the show and hearing the thick authentic jersey i'm like oh this feels like my childhood.
2: Oh yeah, it feels like everybody I grew up with. I mean, it's yeah, the 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 few scenes I've seen are like, yep, that's, you know, that's my father, that's my friend's dad, like they're just <laughs> yeah. jersey types.
0: Also just like great like the food is mentioned every 5 seconds, which is so <laughs> accurate. They oh. just show the most beautiful cannolis. I want a cannoli so bad right now. It's the best. So, Dr. Sung What's poppin?
1: Okay, well, a little while ago, I went on a a, a pretty deep rabbit hole into weird Japanese film, um, and I came. My favorite, my favorite thing that came out of it was this movie called Big Man Japan. Okay. Now, I I recommend that uh, you watch this movie, knowing. Nothing about it. Please don't look it up. Don't look up any pictures about it. <laughs> Give it thirty minutes. I swear, thirty minutes, and there will be a payoff that will break your brain. It's so ridiculous. Where is I just, it? If we're I, not looking it up, where do you uh, stream it? Um, where do you stream it? Uh, I can't remember where I got it before. It's. I mean, we've got it on. The, we got the internet. I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, it's on there somewhere. Uh, I can't. I can't just partially put exactly on a blindfold
0: and then Google "Big Man Japan streaming." I guess. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, yeah, you can, you can, you can, you can see like the poster for it, but uh, don't don't go looking at any clips. That's that's where I would draw no the no line. spoilers cool. yeah, done. No spoilers. It's gonna break your brain.
2: Awesome. Oh, Brian, what's popping? <laughs> well, thank you for asking. Um, what's popping is. I have been, many of you might know the board game Ticket to Ride, which is a classic board game, mm-hmm. been out for a long time, but uh, there's a kid's version called Ticket to Ride First Journey that uh, Rachel and I have been playing with Audrey, <laughs> and it's, it's adorable, very cute. It's, you know, it's the same basic idea as Ticket to Ride, like you have these cards that are, have a couple cities on them, and you have to connect them with trains. The gameplay, it's like ages six and up, uh, so you might not be surprised to, to hear that the gameplay is much simpler than the, the normal adult version. But it's really cute and fun, and Audrey is not quite six. She's almost six, but she can, like, get it and do it by herself. And it's a, it's a great kid's version of, like, a classic board game. So we've been playing it almost every lunch while we've been in social distancing mode. And it's just a really fun version of a, of a game that I really love.
0: That's That's so sweet. How does Audrey like
2: it? She loves it because she gets to put little trains on and she's learning. I mean, she's sort of learning geography, uh, but it's (laughs) like, you know, it's got a little map. She actually took the game out uh, into our backyard the other day and just started putting trains on the board all by herself. It's it's really great. And more than anything, you know, when you're when you're that age, the uh, the thing that you really want is just doing stuff with your parents. And it's a great
0: yeah. family
2: board game we can all play together. The other popular one that we do is charades, which Doctor Sung you have seen in action. Oh man, she is a pro. She's a pro. She's a good little actor. So yeah, that's my thing. Ticket to ride, first there was, journey.
0: There was like a charades adjacent thing that I would do with my family as a kid, and it had a good, it had a good name, and I don't remember what it was now. But it would be basically like everyone would write. Three movies, each on a strip of paper, and put it in a hat. Mm-hmm. And then the person would have to pull out a movie and do, like basically act it out. But it was intentionally like um, doing movies nobody else had seen. So they had to try to figure out what the movie oh. like, act out the charade of a movie that they haven't seen.
2: That's cool. <laughs> based on what they think <laughs> it is. I like that.
0: Um, it, I I was a kid and I got one that was like uh, the scent of a woman, and then it was about like oh, there's there's a lady here who's like really smelly <laughs> um it was always a good time
2: that's awesome <laughs> all right so now we're gonna move on to our final segment peaches and lemons i never i always forget to include space for the theme song while we're recording but i'm not going to forget now here's the theme song Peaches, and lemons. peaches and lemons. all right dr sung what did you think of that theme song
1: I think you've done a lot better. I really like the other theme song a lot better, man. (laughs) I'm, I'm sorry to be totally brutally honest, but you know what? Like that one kind of, I actually agree with that
2: criticism wholeheartedly.
0: See, that's that's (laughs) that's the kind of like feedback that you hope to get. That's right. You know that you can really iterate on it.
1: Constructive. You've shamed yourself today. (laughs) Only a little bit mean. I mean, really, Brian. It did. It fucking sucked. But. (laughs) It's, I'm being constructive with, with with that.
2: All I can say is, so. fuck you, I quit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the natural response to criticism. Yes,
2: I'm out. Um, I quit <laughs> the podcast, effective immediately. All right,
1: it's uh, late night with Dr.
0: Sung here. Uh, hey.
1: Our guest today is uh, Brian Wecht. <laughs>
0: um, uh, so peaches and lemons, Dr. Sung, is a thing that my lovely aunt and uncle do with uh, my nieces every night at dinner where they go around the table and they share... Uh, three peaches, which are good things that happened or things they're excited about or grateful for, and then one lemon, which is a thing that's kind of a bummer. And we've kind of done like a moratorium on lemons at the moment because uh, <laughs> world is a lemon. So we're mm-hmm. doing only peaches right now. Also, we I don't think my family knows that I've stolen their concept of peaches and lemons, <laughs> and I really don't want them to find out about this podcast and listen to it.
1: Cease and desist. Yeah. My seven-year-old
0: cousin is going <laughs> to hit me yeah. with a, some legal action. Uh, anyway. You've just been served. I need them to not listen to my potty mouth podcast. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, who, who would like to start on some peaches?
2: Uh, I'm always happy to to start. Uh, I'll give you my three peaches, and I can do them quick. Uh, number one, I kind of mentioned it before, Stardew Valley with Audrey. It's pretty great. Uh, it's a fun little farm game, and she loves playing it. So it's just very cute. To All she wants to do is walk into town and talk to people, though. So the amount of <laughs> farming that actually happens is pretty minimal these days. Uh, but she does like meeting who, who people. Do, what?
0: What characters does she especially like talking to? We
2: ha- we haven't played enough for for her to know the difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're on day like day eight overall, so we gotcha. really don't have a sense of uh, of, of who's who um, at the sure. moment. Uh, other peaches, uh, I pickled some radishes the other day, and it was like an apple in Stardew Valley. Uh, you know, that's that's not a bad guess song, but. They were real it's, It
0: is a thing that you can do, really?: Yeah, you can make pickles.
2: Wow,
1: yeah,
0: you can pickle you can anything. Pickle radishes, well, we,
2: we signed up for this uh, CSA box, and they there's a ton of root vegetables, including turnips, and uh, which I recognize have an animal crossing thing, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, uh, <laughs> and we get a lot of beets and we get a lot of uh, radishes, so I've been happily pickling radishes for uh, the better part of a week, which is which is really fun. That is awesome. Yeah. I I love pickling things. I know, Leighton, you love pickling things as well, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, shit. I still have pickles in the fridge. I bet they're really, like, juiced now. I kind of forgot about them, (laughs) which is the beauty (laughs) of a pickle. Gotta juice those pickles. (laughs) Yeah, baby.
2: (laughs) Um, And uh, my final peach is we have a new Ninja Sex Party music video coming out tomorrow, Uh, which actually, by the time you hear this, it'll already be out a couple days. And it's really uh, it's a really fun one Uh, song. This is I don't know what we're talking about. And
1: oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're in
2: the video. (laughs) So uh, it's one of (laughs) like this new NSP album is uh, it's my favorite thing we've ever done. There's so many great things on it. Uh, It's not out yet. It'll be out this fall. But this video, I think people are going to hope. I hope people hear this song and be like, wow, you guys like really stepped up the game with this album. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, we're doing some new stuff musically and it's, uh, it's something I'm really proud of. So hopefully people like it. God, I'm it's so excited. It's a jam. Layton, would you care to go next?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, my first peach is that I hate technology and I hate phones. And so I pulled out my, um, six years old busted to shit iPhone that is like totally cracked, literally the only things that work notes app alarm clock and spotify barely <laughs> and that's all i needed it for so i've been turning my phone off or just like putting it across the room uh, and the just best. like It it is amazing it is making me so aware of just like how often i'm looking at my phone and i stopped i've been very awful for the past few years uh about you know being on my phone right before i go to sleep and the first thing when i wake up and like charging it in my bed and stuff which is just awful um, and so I started charging it in the other room and then I just used the other iPhone as an alarm clock. And like I, I did that last night and this morning and woke up feeling just so much better. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Yeah. So that has been really delightful um, and I'm glad that I'm doing it. Um, fuck phones, throw them in the ocean. Brothers and sisters opting out of a raw deal, baby. <laughs> second peach. Um, my second peach is that I feel like this is a vague one, but I, I think this entire global situation has made me a lot more grateful. Um, it, it's been a really big mental paradigm shift of just like I really cherish little moments and things that I've taken for granted for a long time. Or, um, you know, it just like really puts stuff in perspective. I guess that's a very serious peach. But, you know, no, but just, that's like, an little important things one. like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess it is sort of the the entire driving force behind peaches in general is just like being grateful for little stuff but just like oh I hold my dog and I just want to cry because I have her um and just like I don't know looking looking at trees outside and I guess it's sort of doing the thing where I'm not looking at my phone as much and just being more present in moments like it it is really good for the old brain um and I highly recommend everybody sort of uh, uh just I don't know be mindful uh, and then my third peach is Animal Crossing. I I wasn't going <laughs> to talk about it, but I can't not talk about it. And I'm sorry, people who either are playing it or aren't playing it and are sick of seeing everybody talk about it, but just like, uh oh, it's so nice. And I think the specific peach for me is pretty much like every night or every other night we go and hang out in somebody else's town or people come to my town and, you know, there's like a chat function sort of that like just sort of barely works, but you can type from your phone. Um, and there's something just like so strange in this time of having, you know, two people sitting in a cute little corner that they've set up and just sort of like chatting in this very like clipped basic way. And it's, it, it is sort of like an eerie but nice experience of like, well, I can't see you in person, but we're hanging out and there are animals walking around and we're hitting each other with nets and chasing <laughs> each other with axes. So it's <laughs> kind of cooler than real life. Yeah. Yeah, Brian, please play Animal Crossing with Audrey. She would fucking love it. I
2: will. We're actually setting up a little reward system where she can earn Animal Crossing Mm -hmm. because uh, (laughs) as a that's wise. It might not come as a surprise that when you're trapped at home with your parents for a while, uh, listening is not so great, uh, and her behavior has been. uh, I mean, it's typical little kid stuff, but I think she could, you know, rein herself in a little bit more than she currently is. Yeah. So I think we're gonna. That's gonna be the culmination of like you've done your chores and and things like that just as extra motivation
0: video video games are a great reward for that kind of thing i as a kid that was really not that i was fucking around and being a shit anyway because i was a very respect and obey authority kind of child but uh yeah i was like oh well you can get a wee at the end of the summer if you get all straight a's and you're not a piece of shit yeah totally. yeah i can do that (laughs) fuck me up we sports
2: (laughs) uh dr sung what are your peaches
1: Uh, Well, you know, I was looking out on the horizon the other day, and I realized that I can see mountains in the distance that I haven't been able to see in the area that I live ever. Mm. And I realized how clean and how clear the air is because everybody is staying the frig at home and all these travel restrictions and everything the The mother nature is like slam dunking on us right now because she's having a great time. She is she's breathing and she's just loving it. So like that's that's a silver lining as far as I'm concerned because, like I was reading an article too, how you know like, uh, every city in the world is like has the cleanest air that they've had in you know decades and stuff. And yeah, while that may be transient, that's that's true Um, because you know inevitably the machine will pick back up and stuff i think that it is like a good indication towards where things are headed because with this stuff that's been happening we can it's sort of um shown that remote working is a viable thing totally. and you know i think that that uh people not as many people in the future in the near future once this is all said and done will be you know s- commuting to work and driving and sitting in traffic for hours on end every day I, I that's my hope anyway so i think that's a, a good a good thing to to stay optimistic about a little yeah, peach totally.
0: yeah and you can uh you, you can totally like the air palpably feels cleaner i, I that's a big Lo- mm. los angeles thing where like when you're, it's a bad air day you can feel it but like it's just been so crisp and
2: clean mm-hmm. and you yep. can see stars at night like it's mm-hmm. wild venus recently yeah. has been amazing uh, if you look right up near the moon, I think it's still this. I haven't checked in the last couple of days. But very close to the moon in early evening, it's just, blam, Venus huh. is, like, right there. It's amazing. It's beautiful. No, yep. no way. That's really cool. Um,
1: I, I guess a, another peach for me would be, I guess this is also kind of a bit of a silver lining for the current situation, is that um, I realized that, like, all of my friends are like me sitting on their asses, uh, every day. And they're like, I wish I had someone to talk to. And so I've been kind of like reaching out to friends that I haven't talked to in a long time. Yeah. And, and also talking to like my mom every day. And like when you, when you, when you realize that everybody's in the same situation and that like everybody would just would love to hear from you, <laughs> like would love to just like talk to somebody and, it's like, it's really nice because like I've reached out and like made contact with friends that I haven't spoken to in a while. And, you know, I encourage everybody out, out there to, you know, talk to your mom every yep. day. Go, go reach out to a friend
2: that you haven't spoken to in a long time. Totally. Yeah. I've been doing the same thing. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. It's wonderful. It's, it's amazing what like even just hopping on a discord call with people, even if you're not in the mood for it. Cause I, I tend to like isolate in normal times but especially now like you just gotta stop swimming in your head for a bit and hear other people's voices
1: Mm -hmm, totally um yeah it's it's really cool that like i know a lot of my friends and i've done a little bit myself watching things together remotely is such a such a fun thing to do that we can we all have the power to do you know like set up a skype call and watch an episode of that show that you guys like together it's it's very cool Um, but uh, I guess a third Peach for me would be a a bit of a more specific uh, personal Peach Um, this, well a new to me game, it's not exactly a new game but a new to me game that I came across um, like two days ago that I'm super jazzed on is uh, Total War Warhammer and (laughs) I like the Total War games have been around forever but um, I've stumbled across it by like I was reading this Interview with uh, Henry Cavill, who plays, like, mm-hmm. The Witcher and, like, mm-hmm. uh, Superman and stuff. Turns out he's a huge nerd.
2: I heard this, and, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, I'm like, I got, like, a, I got kind of, like, a bit of a crush on for, for Henry Cavill right now. Because he was, like, yeah, I'd rather, like, I like to stay at home and play computer games. And I always have. And my, my favorite game of all time is Warhammer Total War. It's a turn-based tactical strategy <laughs> game. And he was, like, it was like he was speaking to me. Because those are, like, the exact Aww. games that I... That I like, like turn-based track, tactical strategy.
2: So, I'm, what, what, I'm are you castled. playing it? What are you playing it on? Switch or PC or what?
1: Uh, it's on PC. Yeah, I it's and right. I. The bonus is that I realized I had bought it like two years ago on a sale, and I so I just had it all this time. Oh. And I never played
2: it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's the best yeah. in unplayed Steam library.
2: Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, oh. Doctor Sung, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was uh It was such a fun thing to have you and me out on on uh consecutive weeks uh so of we course. appreciate you it was uh kind of a last minute thing, but we appreciate you taking the time and making the time for us
1: no thank you guys so much yeah. uh it's it 's a huge honor to finally uh make it onto the big screen so thank you guys for this opportunity <laughs> that's right
0: it's beautiful. And you finally figured out what to do with your hands. Thank you. Do you guys, do you
1: like them like this? I think yeah. I was so yeah. self-conscious about it, but
2: I, thank you for saying that. Each finger has a little mustache. <laughs> very, very time.
0: 2010 of you. <laughs> yes. Thank you for coming on. This has been really fascinating and fun and just like, honestly a nice way to spend my Tuesday evening. So thank you. Right? Thank you both for yeah. being here yeah. thank you uh, and providing some, social contact
2: indeed. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Sung where can people find you if they want to check out your, your stuff
1: um, well I am obviously a, a member of twerp um, And not that we're going to be playing any shows in the near future but uh, I, I'm also streaming on Twitch I stream games and uh, workouts and stuff with my dog that's twitch.tv slash Um yeah those are, those are probably the two best places to find me Thank awesome. you all
2: so
0: much. Yeah, yeah, of course. And listeners, thank you so much for tuning in once again. Um, I, I really want to encourage this, uh, which I've sort of started doing on Twitter on Fridays when the episodes drop. But like, uh, tweet us your peaches. I'll do a tweet asking what your peaches are this week, and please respond to it because I, I really like hearing from people about what they're excited about. I call
2: um, I call them tweeches. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Great. Thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> Stay safe out there. <laughs> Be well. This is the end of the podcast. Goodbye.
1: Right,
2: thank you, guys. Right. Take care. Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wecht and Leighton Gray. For more information, visit LeightonKnight.com. That's L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N-N-I-G-H-T.com. Also, please follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Leighton Knight. And on Instagram, at Leighton underscore night.